the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Andrea K Show. She's blonde, five foot two, and one hundred two pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea K. Welcome to tonight's Andrea K. Show. It is Friday Eve. I'd just like to take a moment to thank Jesus. Oh, thank you, Jesus, indeed. Thank you, Jesus, for getting through uh, over the hump yesterday and moving us towards the weekend. Thank you for uh, this hour and this time I get to share with you guys. And you know what? It's a special day for me to be thankful on this thankful Thursday because we've got two amazing in-studio guests with me tonight. I cannot wait to bring them on to the show. You guys are just going to absolutely love them. You've met one of them already before, but you hang tight. We're going to bring them in uno momento. We've got lots of topics to get to tonight. The tragedy of Hawaii, what they have, what has been going on. We got, we got, we need answers. We need answers, y'all, because what is going, what has gone on with Hawaii is an abomination. And we've got to be, uh, we've got to be getting to the bottom of it. And unfortunately, we think we know what it is, and it's Marxism and it's communism. So we're going to talk about that. Uh, who is Robert L. Peters? Does that name ring a bell to anybody? Hmm, Robert L. Peters. Who's that alias for? I think that's Joe Biden's alias. He happened to set up. Remember how Hillary Clinton set up an email server in her home so she could avoid all the certain, uh, you know, regulations involving communications and she could hide a whole lot of stuff that she was communicating. Hmm. I think that's what Joe Biden was doing with Robert L. Peters. And what was Ron DeSantis doing colluding with his pack? I think that might be illegal. There was some leakage out of the Ron DeSantis pack involving some must-dos for the big debate that's happening next week. We've got that to share with you guys, and I just found out I may be losing my mind because I have been taking a very common acid reflux medication, so we've got so much to get into tonight. Before I go any further, before I bring in my special in-studio guest, i got to bring in the man. He's the grease that keeps the wheels going every night of the week. He's my partner in crime. He is none other than DJ Potato Skins. He's woke. High IQ stupid people. They're easy to recognize. They hate George Washington. They hate Thomas Jefferson. They hate DJ Potato Skins. Excited to have our in studio guests today, especially for the next half hour. This should be good, good fun, Andrea. Absolutely, Lord willing that we keep the power going because uh, SDG and E. I got to tell you, SDG and E is doing some work in the area. We've been assured that we shouldn't have any glitches, but if for some reason uh, we suddenly go off air, that's what it is. Uh, it's not because my guest ran out with their hair on fire and were too scared to come on the show with me tonight. <laughs> um, okay, 
you guys know that I'm on One American News uh, frequently. You guys know that in addition to being a guest, I'm an, it's an honor that I've had the opportunity to fill in for Kara McKinney over on Tipping Point at One American News. And I think I've mentioned to you guys that when I've been over there, that it's just, it, it's, it truly is an honor and that it, it, what she and what her team do to put that show on the air, you guys have no idea what a challenge it is. She is an amazing host, but there's also a team behind her. And a lot of people don't realize that TV is by and large a writing job and it takes, it, it takes a village to put tipping, tipping people tipping people, tipping point on the air. And so I have with me in the studio tonight, Cameron Maelstrom. He is the executive producer of Tipping Point, as well as Riley McBride, who is a writer and producer of Tipping Point. Welcome to the Andrea Kay Show, my dudes. Thank you for having us. Okay. Yeah. Now, Riley, you know, has been on the Andrea Kay Show a few times, but he hasn't been actually in the studio before. So you must be Mondo impressed, man, with the studio digs. Oh, I am. (laughs) You are a true legend. Is this like a Make a wish dream for you to be here in the studio. <laughs> Even better. <laughs> Even better. And what do you think, Cameron? I love it. I love it. This yeah. is my radio debut, so I hope everybody gets uh, gets accustomed to this and really enjoys their time here. Awesome. Well, I'm appreciating y'all being here because I know what you've already been through today, putting, the, I, in my opinion, the best show on TV and in, in news on air, and yet here you are doing my show tonight. Let's get into it. I know y'all probably talked about Hawaii today. Um, I posted, I mentioned Kai Lenny, my favorite surfer, yesterday. He is going viral today because he has been leading a volunteer volunteer effort over there of getting necessary food and supplies at distribution centers, medicine on jet skis and boats. And he has said as of today that there has not been any, he has not seen one person from the government at the local level, at the state level, or at the federal level. There has been nobody there. The Biden administration is continuing to brag. They've got the Coast Guard there. They've got these people there. They, and there's nobody bringing them any aid. And then, and that's on top of, so we here we've got the, the response in terms of aid has been to completely re- ignore these people over there, leave them in their dire needs. I'm, I'm from Louisiana. I'm old enough to remember Katrina, where George W. Bush was absolutely destroyed when we actually had a good response down there for Katrina, what, what's your take on on the response? It's just pretty unbelievable. I mean, I was actually just in Hawaii uh, three weeks before in Maui, in Lahaina, three weeks wow. before the fire happened, just before I came over here. So it really struck home for me when I saw the images and uh, just heartbreaking to see that. And I was just thinking, like, is, this must be the first time in modern American history where literally an entire town or village of any size has been completely destroyed. hundred percent. Like, I don't think that's happened in the last hundred years. Maybe there was a village 1800 or something that burned down a few houses, but this is a town of tens of thousands of people. Yeah. It's just destroyed now. And you hear crickets from the administration. So it's just, I don't know. It boggles the mind why they're, yeah. Why they're so lax with their right. help with it. And of course, because the, the legacy media, I mean, you guys featured it on your show. We're talking about it tonight. But ABC, NBC, you know, the cable networks, they're not talking about it. I'm looking up. I see CNN and it's Trump, Trump, Trump. But, you know, I, you know, we keep we keep the legacy media up on the monitors to kind of see what they're saying. Of course, they're giving a, him a complete pass. Right. Um, part of the response, I think, or lack of response is that, you know, the, the, the Democrats mantra, I think it was. Um, okay, I can't remember his name, Uh, Rahm Emanuel, who said, let no crisis go to waste, 
right? And that's that's a part of the Democrats need people to suffer so that they will beg for government. So what's Kyle Lenny doing out there today? And this isn't a criticism of him. He's a hero of mine and not just because he's my favorite big wave surfer. Um, but isn't that a part of, you know, um, pe- making people miserable so that they'll beg for government? Yes. Here's the thing about really the Democratic Party, but we talk about Marxist, communist, socialist, really all these left-leaning philosophies and, and schools of thought. Ultimately, it boils down to what you're saying. These people are, are desperate to blow up the size of the federal government. Mm-hmm. They want a giant Leviathan state. They don't want a small government because power corrupts. We want to localize things and decentralize power. The, the, the Democratic Party and what they're doing to Trump ties into this as well. They want to centralize as much control and authority as possible. And in order to justify massive intervention, they need to create crises. Mm-hmm. So I think that this is what they do. And you look at these articles, you know, um, about the state official delaying the response or the you know providing water to people. He decides not to give water to people in mm-hmm. West Maui during the fires mm. until the damage is already done. And I've never been to Hawaii, but I lived through the 2018 Paradise Fires, and I was in Santa Rosa, and I had teachers and friends whose homes were burned to the ground, and I was you know bringing food to first responders and to firefighters and to you know local authorities and. It was really nice to see that, but that was a good model for what we should be doing instead of what we are doing. And so it makes me wonder, like, what is what's the why here? What are Democrats really trying to get at? Do they want the land? Do they want the resources? They they just want control. Like, why is this happening? And why aren't all of these eco alarmists and climate nuts talking about it and salivating at the mouth? You know, you would think that the people who constantly yammer on about climate change and John Kerry and flying around the world, you would think that all these people would be interested in talking about it and this would be top of mind. But instead, all of those people are parroting talking points about Trump. They're not interested in talking about this crisis. So I wonder what's going on. Is this just negligence? Is there other political stuff that's more important or is it more deep and and more sinister than that? I think it's deeper than that. I mean, I don't think this was just incompetence, right? Uh, You know, it was incompetence in Katrina when we had the mayor there who remember the images of the buses mm-hmm. that never got used the amp that were that were flooded and and the amtraks that that left empty there was there was incompetence going on uh in new orleans this is intentional and i'm not saying the fire was set intentionally although there's a lot of people that are saying that they're saying that it was a what was a dew a direct energy weapon uh we're talking to riley mcbride and, and cameron maelstrom from what america news do, do you think that this would that the fire was set intentionally I'd like to think not. I'd like to think that uh, even the worst of us aren't going to stoop to something that low. So, I mean, maybe maybe it has. I haven't seen any evidence of that. I, yeah. I thought I saw some videos of a down power line out in the outskirts of it starting yeah. it, which seems a little more realistic and reasonable. But I wouldn't put anything past these some people. Well, you know? I, and if I could, like, yeah. to, to your point, you know, there's a difference between maybe intentionally setting something ablaze and companies that decided to direct or redirect money for pro- fire prevention yes. to other causes like renewables. So right. uh, maybe it's indirectly contributing to that because there was a disaster preparedness plan in place and they basically axed it and said, we're going to take all that money and we're going to, you know, redirect it into woke causes. And that probably created the conditions that were more likely yes. for the fire to happen. It's so a, it's, yeah, it's about lack of priorities, right? As well as incompetence. It, in, in New Orleans, actually, pre-Katrina, uh, the money that George W. Bush had sent to shore up the levees had been embezzled, and the two guys that embezzled the money were sitting in jail, right? And then the levees were left. What we had here was we had the, the water wasn't used. We also have 
Um, we also have the disaster. The guy who was his his uh, emergency operations chief, Herman Endaya, had no background in disaster response. And he says that the reason why his excuse for why they didn't use the sirens is because the sirens were created for for tsunami warnings. And if he had done the, if he had done the sirens, people would have head, headed for the hills where the fire was like they wouldn't have looked out and seen the fire and run the other direction. Is that like crazy? It's absolutely nuts. It's to me. insane. I mean, the excuses. Can you can you, let's let's pretend these were Republicans and think about what people would be saying today, right? The guy would already be perp walked. But you you uh, you hit onto something that I want to play this clip of the governor of, of of Hawaii, and we'll see we'll see whether it was whatever the cause was. It, clearly, they're exploiting this for their Marxist schemes. Skins, please play clip four about preserving Lahaina moving forward. I'm already thinking about ways for the state to acquire that land so that we can put it into workforce housing, to put it back into families, or to make it open spaces in perpetuity as a memorial to people who were lost. We want this to be something that we remember uh, after the pain passed. Yeah. Yeah, so here's here's the thing. I get very nervous when I hear people saying the state is going to come in and take this land because it's basically what you're saying is... We're going to override what the locals want. We're going to override what the families want and what the victims want. Because this is not a victimless crime, right? Right. I mean, over 100 people died, lots of families displaced, entire community up, you know, uplifted and uprooted. So I'm very nervous about the idea that the state should override these local people and basically say, we're going to remake this town in our image according to our ideology. And how are they going to do that? Let me ask you this. I mean, uh, you know, somebody owns that land and they're uh, and the state's going to just buy it up. I mean, they don't uh, they don't own the land. Somebody else owns it. What are they what are they going to do? Are they going to say to these locals, we're not going to give you a permit to rebuild? We don't care if you have insurance. We don't care if you want to rebuild and keep this in, you know, in your in your family generationally. We just we want some low. We want it. We want to set up some some projects like outside New Orleans, the St. Bernard projects. We want to use Lahaina to set up for some low cost housing projects. A- answer that question. We come back, Cameron. We're going to take a break. We come back. We've got more with my buddies from One American News. You're listening to the Andrea K Show on AM 1170, FM 96.1, and streaming all over the world. Andrea K, bringing the world a much needed reality check. You're listening to the Andrea K Show on The Answer San Diego. Great polls just out, leading by 40, 50, and even 60 points. Who expected that? I did. (laughs) Iowa, New Hampshire, South Carolina, all very strong, but also leading Biden very big. The sanctimonious is crashing. Perhaps the party should come together. Mm -hmm. People should drop out of the race. We unify, and we beat Biden and the Democrats. They should be easy to beat because... Our country has never been in worse condition mm-hmm. than it is right now. Thank you. That's right. That, of course, was a 45, possibly soon to be 47. Before we talk about uh, the upcoming debate next week and the news coming out of DeSantis today, um, I'm continuing on with Riley and Cameron from One American News. Uh, I, we played the clip about uh, the governor over there talking about buying up the land. And one thing that, that, that I was questioning, and I want to get your guys' take on this, is how does the state just come in and go, you know what? We're just going to take all this land owned by the people and we're just going to redevelop it how we see it when these people have the 
pink slip. Like they own that land. I mean, are they just going to force to, to deny them the ability to rebuild, even if they've got insurance? I mean, h- how do you think that they're going to do this, Cameron? It's rich. It's rich, isn't it? Because I was just talking with Riley about this the other day, and they're putting, uh, you know, the, the, he, the governor is proposing moratoriums on letting greedy land developers come and buy up people's land so they can't uh, enrich themselves on the tragedy. But that's exactly what he was just yeah. saying he wants to do for the government's purposes. Yeah. So it's funny how land developers can't do that uh, to make money. But, of course, the government will do it. Yeah. And uh, it was funny because they they were saying earlier that if they were going to implement that, they, they, they didn't want people to sell sell their land. How are you going to stop anybody from selling their land? If they if they have everything right. taken away from them and they want to get out of the situation or go somewhere different, I'm sure a lot of people are emotionally scarred still being in that location from seeing such horrendous things. I mean, right. we see the images of it, but if you really put yourself in there and there's hundreds of people dead, they, they go up to the to rescue people and they pull up their remains and they crumble in ashes in yeah. their hands, so they need DNA. It's yeah, just- it's going to be closer to probably, my guess, some... In the, in the high hundreds by the time this is all over, what they figure out. And, you know, there's many businesses there. That that whole da- downtown area, I've been to Lahaina many times. What are those people supposed to go do for work now? You know, they all paid they all paid for those, those houses, those businesses, uh, have insurance for it. That's their livelihood for many of them. They also, livelihood not just in their store or the service, but they depend on tourism and tourism. What are these people all supposed to go do for, uh, for a living now? Oh, uh, I, I'm sure the, the scheme is we're going to put you up, give you a roof over your Head. We're going to give you universal income. You won't own anything, and you'll be happy about it. That's the. This is the plan: is to turn uh, Lahaina into a little Marxist community. Um, but we got to shift gears. Skins played us that great clip of Trump. Right now, whatever poll you're looking at, Trump is in, in in the lead. And and in fact, we've got a clip of of a Jake Sherman saying that there's not really any evidence that Ron DeSantis has a chance of coming back. I want to play this clip and then tell you guys. Uh, if you hadn't heard about it, about uh, uh, something that got leaked today about his plan for the debate. Skins, please play clip one. I'm going back to I'm, I'm going back to the presidential election uh, only because I think we, we've been watching just various candidates either emerge or or seem to to uh, to fall. DeSantis was on our air earlier this week. Brian Sullivan had a, a fascinating interview with him. Where do you think he really is in all of this? And how do you even see, given, given the, the indictments, the indictments, plural, uh, this all shakes out? In the, and, and does it shake out in the next couple months? Or do you think this plays out much longer than that? Much longer than that. I think a few things. I think, number one, I was talking to a smart House Republican the other day who basically said DeSantis's play has to be to stay in the race in case Trump gets um, convicted or is unable to run for some other reason. He gets put in jail for violating the terms of his uh, uh, that some judge puts on him. But I mean, Andrew, we know for a fact that Donald Trump in every single poll is is at 50 percent, just below 50 percent, above 50 percent, 30 or 40 points ahead of Ron DeSantis. I mean, I don't know how he overcomes that. And I I, I simply don't see any path for any other candidate besides Donald Trump. I mean, I, I know there's this yeah, fantasy let's end that, it there. that um, um, shouldn't shouldn't they all just co- I mean, you know, what do you think? Should 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 they do like what Donald Trump is saying right now and, and coalesce around him? Or do you think that you, that we should continue? Absolutely. I think they should be all I think everyone should be getting around Donald Trump right now for a lot of reasons. But most importantly, because that sort of unity is very powerful politically. And that's what we need to mobilize the Republican base. That's the thing. We have so much infighting and so much division right now because there are so many candidates, or at least that's one part of it. But with Trump, we've got a guy that we know will fight with us, that will go down on the sinking ship with us. He's got a proven track record. We know what we're getting. He's a known quantity and we like him. 
plain mm-hmm. and simple. The, the polls are showing us that, that people, some people like DeSantis, clearly, but not enough to really generate a nationwide movement around that person. With Trump, we've already got that movement mm-hmm. in place. Well, yeah. and guys, DeSantis isn't even in second anymore. Now he slipped into single digits. Well, Ramaswamy has uh, actually passed him by. Right. And that's why his PAC, which is, by the way, it is illegal for a campaign to coordinate with a PAC. Yet somehow buried in this PAC website today was um, four basic must do's, Cameron, for the debate. Mm-hmm. Must do's for DeSantis. This is what the document said. Number one, attack Joe Biden in the media three to five times. Uh, number two, state uh, his positive vision to to three times. Number three, this is the interesting one, hammer Vivek Ramaswamy in a response. Number four, defend Donald Trump in absentia in response to a Chris Christie attack. I found that to be really interesting. When I heard that the that the suggestions was going to be to defend Donald Trump, I thought it was going to be defending him against the deep state and the weaponization. They're still missing the mark. I think the, his failure to push back full-throated defense of Donald Trump against these indictments and the weaponization of the deep state is why he's trailing in third. What do you think about these suggestions for him? Uh, I think you can throw all those out. I think there should only be one suggestion, and that's get out of the race and endorse Trump. And I don't know why he's doing this to begin with. I think I think it was just a play to be vice president, maybe, get on his, in his mm. good graces, but uh, that's going down fast. And yeah, I don't know. I used to like DeSantis a lot, but he's just making mistake after mistake. And well, he's so cringe. And, and that's the thing. Look, he's done some good things for conservatives in a state that's historically known for being a purple swing state that is a political battleground. So I don't want to take anything away from going after CRT in Florida. But again, when we start talking about politics at a national level, that's a completely different mm-hmm. ball game. And Trump, frankly, he's someone that doesn't need that kind of a script of do's and don'ts. He's not like these rehearsed politicians. Right. And that's another part of this. The fact that you feel like you have to rehearse for the people turns me off already. I want right. someone who speaks from the cuff. I like Trump because he says it like it is. He tells you what's on his mind. He's totally honest. What you see is what you get. There, there are no yeah. secrets there. Right. This is why I don't trust DeSantis. Two years ago, I said here, um, when nobody knew if Trump was going to run, we thought he would. I said, you know, I like what DeSantis is doing in Florida, but that doesn't mean he's right to be president. And where I wonder about him is his not just his ability. I saw him give a dismal speech at Turning Point USA event. It was like, ugh. And, but really, <laughs> Where does he stand on the deep state? And ever since, uh, he's just let me down. He's, it's, it's a constant passive-aggressive attack. And when the must-dos don't mention the deep state and don't mention what's going on with – I mean, you know, because it, I said back during the, during the Mike Flynn situation in 2017, if this isn't corralled, if we don't stop this, we're all going to be Mike Flynn. We're all going to end up thrown in a gulag like the Jan 6 people. You look at this Georgia indictment and what it's about, it's about literally – it, it's about completely – destroying our, our justice system you're not going to be able to hire an attorney you're not going to be able to defend yourself against the against the weaponized deep state and you're not going to have any rights and you're going to be a, a, not a citizen you'll be a subject of the government like this is a soviet satellite state that yeah. is where this is going anyone who has anyone who wants to have a future in the republican party but even beyond the sort of politics part of it just as an american citizen and someone who served in this military you would think that he would be so utterly mm-hmm. sickened to his, you know, so ill that it would be, you know, he'd be mm-hmm. wearing it on his sleeve. So I, if I were advising Ron DeSantis, I would tell him, go throw all of your political and cultural weight behind Trump because, number one, it's the right thing to do and you should be doing the right thing. We're losing our country. We are losing our republic. 
that in short order. This is a very sad thing yes. to see in America. And they're basically turning Trump into a political prisoner. And they're never going to stop. If he runs again, if he gets elected, regardless of that, they are never going to stop. And if no. they can do it to Trump, they can do it to DeSantis. They can get to anybody. Yeah. So That's why isn't he worried about it, Cameron? Well, I was just going to say the same thing. If they can do it to Trump, they can do it to us. And the reason why they're doing this now is, oh, it's it's convenient, right? It's right. The primary season's heating up. They could have done this a year ago. Yeah. They could have done this two years ago. But no, he's too much of a threat to them. They need to stop this. And yeah, it's just a sham. We all know it. You guys, thanks for being here. Love you guys at OAN. You guys watch Tipping Point every day. And Riley, you also have a podcast over there at One America News. you got to subscribe to it, and you can tell it's worth it. Thanks, you guys, for being here. Appreciate Thank you for us. And you guys stay tuned. More Andrew K. Show coming up right after the break. You're listening to somebody who tells it like it is. Andrea Kay on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea Kay Show. I was thinking during the break just now about DeSantis and the four, the, the, the memo of the four must-dos at the debate next week. And, you know, to be critical of DeSantis is really upsetting to me because we don't know what's going to happen with Trump. No idea. We have no idea. And I really wish that I was sitting here right now going, there, I wanted to play, but look, before you get into that, there's somebody, no, let me say this first. Um, we don't know, if I was Donald Trump, none of us really know what, it, what it's like to be him. Can you imagine no. the years of bombardment this guy has put up with this? He's yeah, and and he's still so he's courageous. Still he's still yeah, he's still fighting. You know the uh, some there was an article that came out today saying something like the four possibilities of what can happen. One of which would be him dropping out. I don't see that happening. <laughs> no, I don't either. <laughs> I don't. If he's gummed this far, yeah, Andrea, he's not going to. But I have read today. I studied up, and you know, I know you had seen an article yesterday saying that a president could pardon him. I'm seeing a most. Most lawyers are saying that Trump, uh, as president, could not pardon himself for this state crime, and that's why they're going after him. I want to ask Tom about this. Yeah, because um, he said that you can't, and that's one thing that I read today. So uh, it's possible. Tom said it. Said that he said, yeah, that that he wouldn't be able to pardon for this well, state crime. Tom's a smart guy. Yeah. And that's one reason why Fannie Willis, who wants to be called Fannie Willis. Now, I'm not calling you Fannie, lady. You're lucky. You know, I use the term lady loosely. You're lucky that's um, that's the kindest thing I can call you is Fannie Willis. Um, that That's one of the reasons why she's pushing for a march uh, trial date, which is absurd. I mean, you know, you can when I sued, I'm going to admit this right now. When I sued a sorority sister in college. <laughs> Yeah, I did. Sometime I'll tell you all that story. She tried to stiff me for a $400 phone bill. Anyway, it took me six months to get that small claims case heard. Six months. Because she, because sister friend tried to get it. She did. She got a couple of continuances and pushed it back. Finally, the judge called me and was like, Miss Mata wants to, judge called me himself. Uh, Miss Mata is asking for another continuance. And I said, no. I said, no. Six months to get a small claims case heard on a $400 phone bill, and yet this Georgia DA wants a former president and 19 co- 18 co-defendants to be tried uh, uh, on RICO charges in six months? 
That's insane. And that's because they want him tried and convicted at days before a primary so that so that he, he's done. And my point about DeSantis is I'm sitting here looking at his four well, months. You do that days before a primary too. think about mentally, Andrea, the chaos that creates. Well, th- this is all meant to exhaust him, exhaust us. When I hear that the people are like we got to move on from Trump because they've got Trump fatigue. I'm like, you're 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 giving the win to the deep state. And who do we have? I don't trust Vivek Ramaswamy. He flip flops. I mean, what he's doing should have been a blueprint for Ron DeSantis because it's working. But I don't trust Vivek Ramaswamy. You know, it's interesting. Andrea, and I don't trust RFK DeSantis. He would not be Trump's VP con- considering that they still continue to uh, censor him and that they won't provide him secret service. I think they're going to push him too far. And if Trump somehow is able to keep running, I still would not put it past both of those people to team up. For DeSantis and... No, 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 no. For Trump and RFK. Well, what I'm saying right now is the scenario that Trump gets convicted and he can't and and he now can't run because he's been convicted because the idea was that he could he could if he got convicted, he could pardon himself. And now if he can't pardon himself, the scenario I'm sitting here right now because DeSantis has run such a crappy campaign. And I have no trust in him. For two years, I've been saying I need to know where this man stands on the deep state. And it is he has done nothing but fail, fail me in this regard. If Trump is convicted in Georgia and he can't pardon himself, first of all, that's devastating to this country. Second of all, I'm supposed to trust DeSantis when his four must do's from his pack don't mention the deep state. Another reason why Larry Elder needs to be on that debate stage. Yeah, but they, that's why they don't want him why on the debate stage. They want who they can shove on us and control. And unfortunately, and Fox News put out an article yesterday saying Ron DeSantis is the most attacked presidential candidate of all of them. And that must mean he's the one they don't want. I, Excuse me? Is Ron DeSantis looking at 600 years because of, of a bunch of BS indictments? No. Don't tell me he's the most attacked. Why is anybody, you know, Fox News? Watch it. I still say Pence is their guy. And then now we've got Mehdi Hassan uh, floating. This is this is now what's being floated to try to get him in jail even before trials. Skins, please play clip three. You know, him being booked and what might go through his mind. I genuinely think we need to start having a discussion about whether this guy is a flight risk. And I don't say that lightly. I would never have said that even six months ago. I don't either. But the closer we get to trials, the closer we get to trials, the more serious it becomes. Looking at how hardcore these indictments are from Smith and Willis, looking at the risk Trump is in. I don't know if you saw him joking, quote unquote, joking with his followers the other day. I wish I was in France right now, not in America. Uh, You know, nothing is off the table with this guys so i genuinely think we've got to talk about what you know what is his exit strategy apart from plea does he have anything else he might want to do but coming back to your point joe about monday Hmm. when i saw that he was announcing a press conference flight risk now because he says oh i wish i was in france right now that means he's a flight risk that's to set the stage to deny him bail and throw him in a gulag this is where we're at america Wake up, or you might be like Jan 6 prisoner, Ryan Samsell. He's a Jan 6 prisoner. 
He has been held in prison without trial since January of 2021. You told me this has turned my stomach. He is being held in a closet room with a light on for 24 hours a day and a bucket for a toilet. He has no clothes. He has no bed. And he has been and he has been moved around to a variety of different places. And each time, every location he's been to, whether it's been Virginia, he says it was Central Regional Virginia Jail I was kept in and they called it a booking hard sell, which is you get zero phone, zero commissary, zero clothing because they think you're going to hang yourself and you're on constant surveillance. Uh, the light is to be on 24-7. You're locked in a cell. There is no getting out. The windows in Virginia were covered by a black mat, so you weren't able to see. And it's a constant nothing. It's deprivation of everything. He says in one cell he was in five, six months. He said the judge was actually trying to call him, trying to get in contact in him. But they, do, they, didn't, put the name, they didn't put him in a named cell, so the judge couldn't reach him. And then he was accused of, of not showing up in court. And that's when you are entitled to a speedy trial in this country. Two years this man has been denied. And Gitmo, remember all the hysteria? Do you know what Gitmo was like for the terrorists involved in 9-11? Prayer mats, halal meals. They were given all kinds of, it was like a spa for them. Look at what we're doing to Americans in this country. Where is the ACLU? Where is Human Rights International? Where is the Republican Party? And let me tell you, that's what they have planned for Donald Trump, and that's what they have planned for any American that doesn't go along with the state. This is where we are, America. We are treating Americans worse than we treated 9-11 terrorists. And why? Because these people, oh, and according to him, they beat him. He's been beaten numerous times, not able to communicate with anyone, tortured in a gulag in America. That's where we are. Stay tuned. More coming up. You're listening to The Andrea K Show on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K Show. We had a caller in who said that Mark Levin uh, said, and Mark Levin is a constitutional expert. So we had a caller called in and said, Levin said that Trump could pardon himself. So um, I, I would put my money on Levin's. Uh, interpretation of the Constitution over any of the other legal people that I saw. So I don't know if you guys agree with me with that assessment. And I'm not a fan of Levin uh, in a lot of ways. Uh, he actually um, he was anti-Trump in 2016 and said that he actually would be against Trump in the general election. I think I think it was at that point. Um, he has been uh, pro-DeSantis. He retweeted a DeSantis donation link. Uh, yesterday he was doing the sad sack thing for Jenna Ellis and, you know, look, you know, Jenna Ellis is not being victimized by Trump. Jenna Ellis is being victimized by the state, uh, by the government. And Trump is a victim as well. In fact, this case is all about the legal, about the legal advice that he got. And quite frankly, you know, if anybody's a victim here of that, maybe she should pay his legal advice. Um, but when it comes to the Constitution, I do trust Mark Levin. A little bit more uh, details on the, the advice that he got. And this, it's actually 17 pages, I think, of advice. And you and I were talking before the show about this thing of him defending Trump. You and I said that was probably a defend, depend, depend Depends on their definition of defend, because didn't you and I say before the show today that his defense of Trump is typically fat, passive aggressive, like it's a backhanded compliment 
Um, kind of like it somebody, goes to a point enough to say, "Hey, look, see what I did." But he will never really have Trump's back. Well, and, and even worse than that, if he slaps Trump in the middle of it, it's kind of like a backhanded compliment where somebody says, "Oh, you look, uh, you know, have you lost weight? Like you were fat before, right?" Or, um, you know, that dress looks so so good on you. I'm glad you put the spanks on. You know, I mean, it's a it's it, there's an insult mixed in with the defense, and sure enough, kind of like the day the Alvin Bragg announcement of indictments, it was you know. I don't know anything about paying off a porn lawyer, you know, that kind of stuff. And sure enough, here's how they advise him to, quote, defend uh, Donald Trump at, at, to Chris Christie. Um, he's supposed to say something along the lines of, um, oh, where'd it go? Hang on, hang on, hang on. I'll find it here. Uh, something along the lines of, um, you know, Trump's not here. Um, um, here it is. Um Trump isn't here, so let's just leave him alone. He's too weak to defend himself here. We're all running against him. I don't think we want to join forces with someone on the stage who's auditioning for a show on MSNBC. Yeah, that's not having Trump's back. No, that's not defending Trump. So um, what he needs to do is come out and say all these charges against Trump are unwarranted. Bottom line. Yeah. And he could come out to say, I, if I was him, he's an, he's an attorney. And if he's not, not going to go full-throated on these indictments and what they mean and connect it to what it means for the Americans and then say, as, as a former attorney and a JAG officer and a former governor, I believe that I'm the right person to take out the deep state. That's what he needs to say. Well, you would think as a former JAG officer, he would say that because he would get it. What, yeah, and one of the things that's interesting, and why isn't he speaking out as somebody who worked at Gitmo with the prisoners, speaking out about this Jan 6 defendant and the way they're being treated, and speak out against them and say, we treated our 9-11 terrorist in Gitmo better than Americans are being treated. He's not saying any of that. What's also interesting here is a suggestion that when he goes after Vivek, that he attacked Vivek Ramaswamy as fake and even used the term fake. They gave him a couple of options. Um, Vivek the fake or fake Vivek. This after, so now he's trying to be Trump after he said that he didn't like Trump's nicknames for people and Trump shouldn't be calling anybody Ron DeSanctus. Hey, I'm now not Ramaswamy's perfect, but you know how he's running his campaign right now is so smart because he's concentrating on running his campaign. Right. So for for DeSantis, what a hypocrite. They're telling him to use a a bad nickname against somebody. So I just think this is a hashtag fail. Uh, And I'm actually, um, I'm looking forward to this debate. But but it it also makes me sad because if Trump, for some reason has to drop out or does drop out or, or or just, you know, can't take the stress and just physically collapses or whatever. For some reason, Donald Trump is taken out. Um, who do we who, who do we have, really? And they well, know and that. Why, and I brought up Larry Elder earlier because I really think they, they don't want him as an option, which is why he wouldn't be on the debate stage. Other than that, nobody. Yeah. And if if and and also and let you know if Ron DeSantis was truly as conservative as he claims to be that he then why would the Uniparty work with him? How was he going to do any better with the Mitch McConnells? He wouldn't. They'd go after him. What's yeah? What what's his plan for that? Trump had an end around, like with with executive orders, but it's just. Anyway, uh, you know, and and I'm not seeing anything in here 
about attacking on uh, on Joe Biden and how to frame any of that. Uh, today we find out that uh, we had kn- we had known before we had seen a little bit that uh, Joe Biden had been using a fake email account in communication with Hunter under the name of Robert L. Evans, Robert L. Peters at PCI.gov. So he was using not just a fake email account, but on a government system. So James Comer, House Oversight Committee Chairman, asked the National Archives on Wednesday to hand over any unredacted records in which Biden used the pseudonym during his vice presidency, used a pseudonym as vice president. And they know that in these emails, he says, uh, Joe Biden has stated there was an absolute wall between his family's foreign business schemes and his duties as vice president. But evidence reveals that access was wide open for his family's influence peddling. Uh, Comer's request covers records using Biden's own pseudonyms, Robin Ware. Oh, so we had three pseudonyms, Robin Ware and J.R.B. Ware and Robert L. Peters. And in some of these emails, uh, it included trying to set up communications with uh, the president of Ukraine. Yeah. So Comer is seeking any document or communication which Hunter Biden, Eric Schwein, or Devin Archer were included, either a sender, recipient, copied in, da da da, uh, and and uh, and drafts from November one to twenty fifteen uh, to December nine, twenty fifteen of then Vice President Biden's speech delivered to Ukrainian Rada on December nine, twenty fifteen. Um. There was an email including Robert L. Peters about setting up communications with Ukrainian. Um, Governor Huckabee today said he did not think that the Republican Party should move to impeach Biden because it would spend five minutes in the Senate. Nobody needs to be listening to Governor Huckabee at this point. Republican Party, do not listen to Governor Huckabee. That's bad. That's bad. The, the, the impeachment inquiry allows to progress further in getting more information that can be used for prosecution. We need to be telling, and, and Ron DeSantis, if he was the next Mr. MAGA, if he was Mr. MAGA, just the MAGA guy who's more effective at getting things done, then he, we would see in that memo, we would see a, a plan to go scorched earth, scorched earth. Against the FBI, against the Department of Justice. Well, that's why they're afraid of Trump, Andrew, because yes. they know that's exactly what he's going to do. That's right. Not just for the way that they've weaponized the government against American citizens for their politics, criminalizing the practice of law, sending a chill up the spine of any attorney that might be contacted again by anybody who's a Republican or conservative or believes in Jesus, as well as covering up the crimes of the Democrats. That's what I want to see next next week in the debate and i don't think trump should be there do you i don't he can go to the second one not at this point no way would i go at this point all right we're going to take a break we come back hour two of tonight's andrea k show and i want to hear from you what are your thoughts on any of this 888-344-1170 three stars
Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.